pit chopper, the goat, cougar paws for your shoes, the Ridge Pro with the harness. Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. As a landscaper, we are always looking for ways to increase our revenue, increase our profits in our own business. And we don't want to be putting out a lot of money, right? Well, I might have a solution for you. It's called Christmas lighting. I know some of you might be thinking, I, I tried it. There's no money in Christmas lights. It doesn't work around here, blah, blah, blah. Our guest today, Jason Guyman, can prove you wrong on how adding something as simple as Christmas lighting can help increase your profits, increase your revenue, and also keeping your employees during the slower winter months. So do not miss today's episode. Jason dives into marketing, he dives into sales. It's an awesome episode, so stick around, guys. This podcast is brought to you by Busy Busy. Busy Busy is so simple to use, and it's the most reliable GPS time tracking app on the market. And the best part is, it was built for landscapers. Busy Busy's founder created Busy Busy because he owns multiple construction companies and needed to understand better which projects were making him money and which projects were killing him. Payroll is the highest variable cost in the project, so you better be tracking it. Busy Busy does this better than anyone else. So download Busy Busy today, and don't forget to mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast to get three free months. We want to take a quick second to tell you about our friends over at Cycle CPA. I can't even express to you how important it is to have a good accountant on your side. You know you want accurate bookkeeping and financial statements every month. Instead, you're often left with limited time to focus on the accounting side of your business and no reports to show for it. At Cycle CPA, the landscaping accountants, they not only handle the bookkeeping, but also provide landscape industry benchmarking, job costing, financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA has a team of landscaping accountants available to provide anything from bookkeeping to CFO services. Visit CycleCPA.com and for $100 off, mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast. If you want to get the lead you want and turn your current clients into raving fans, then you need to try Send Jim. They've created an exclusive offer just for our listeners. If you sign up today, you can get your first month for just $2. So if you haven't already, go to sendjim.io forward slash MDL, where you can get even more exclusive deals just for Million Dollar Landscaper podcast listeners. That's sendjim.io forward slash MDL and take advantage of these awesome deals today. Welcome back, everybody. I'm excited to have on our guest, our friend, Jason Guyman. He is from PressureWashHelp.com and ChristmasLights.io.com. And Jason is an amazing guy. He's been traveling all around the, the country, giving speeches and talks and teaching people how to not only do pressure washing, but Christmas lights too. And today we wanted to dive into the Christmas lights. It's getting close to that time. And it's something that you guys should really consider adding to your landscape business to bring in a little additional income. Welcome, Jason. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's always fun to come on the show with you, Scott, and talk about, especially my favorite subject, or one of them, is Christmas lights, right? It's the season that everybody loves. It's your, one of your favorite seasons, isn't it? 
It is one of my favorite seasons. It's one of my favorite seasons because of a couple of reasons. One, it's very profitable season for us for Christmas lights. And two, I mean, who doesn't love Christmas lights at the end of the day? Absolutely. Absolutely. I enjoy taking the kids for drives around and go look at them. And it's awesome. <laughs> so this is an awesome way to add a little income to your business, right? Yes, that is correct. And I, I can kind of go into a little bit of my story here. Of So I was a pressure washer and I had a business that I started in 2012 pressure washing. And my goal was to grow my business, to have employees. And as pressure washing or landscaping, it dies in the wintertime. Wintertime is those dreaded months of even around with, you know, the snow. We don't know if it's going to snow, if it is going to snow. We're, I'm out of the Cincinnati area. So it's not like I could do snow removal because one year it's amazing and the next year you're starving to death. So in 2014, I was like, man, I want to start adding employees so then that way I can be open all year long so that I can do something in the wintertime and so that I can pay my employees during the wintertime and to keep them busy. And so at the time, I'm always about training, right? So I went to the huge convention and the huge convention at the time was down in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and there was a guy, Josh Latimer, who was back in the day. It's Sin Jim now, but it was called um, something uh, bitter. Uh, I don't even remember what it's called. But it was about sending postcards with the houses on them. And he had Christmas lights on them. And I was like, huh, what? tell me a little bit more about these Christmas lights. And so he had started just doing Christmas lights in his business. And so I was like, well, I got to go figure out these Christmas lights. So I went and I started doing the Christmas lights. Now, I did have some landscape friends at the time being like, man, there ain't no money in Christmas lights. You can't make no money in Christmas lights. And, you know, um, he was a good friend of mine. He, I met him at B&I. And he was a landscaper and he was like, there's no money in Christmas lights. I've done tried that. You can't make no money in Christmas lights. And I'm like, all right, that's, uh, that's, that's nice opinion of yours. And so I went and I found some training. I went up into Chicago to learn how to do Christmas lights from a guy up there. From that, my first year in Christmas lights, I did 39 installs at right at $40,000. And so I was at about a thousand dollars per install. And I'm like, well, that's not too bad. And especially this model that I'm using, right? Because the guy that I knew that talked about Christmas lights, he's like, well, we just put up their Christmas lights. Well, that's your number one mistake. If you're going to do Christmas lights, don't ever, and I mean ever, touch somebody else's Christmas lights because they're going to give you this big bin and they're going to bring it out to you and they're all going to just be like this big pile rat's nest of Christmas lights. And they're going to say, now go make my house look pretty. And about 10 hours later, and you cussing because half the lights don't work, is not the way that we're going to do Christmas lights. So so that is one thing that I learned from him is never touch someone else's Christmas lights. So from that, I did my first year, I was right at 40000 I went and I sold the business in 2018. And at that time, we had done half a million dollars in Christmas lights for about 250, 300 installs. We were right at an average ticket of almost $2,000 for an average ticket. And the beautiful thing is, is I made just as much money doing Christmas lights as I did pressure washing that year. Because I made a half a million dollars in pressure washing. I made a half a million dollars in Christmas lights. And so Christmas lights has definitely been a game changer. And I've seen it as a game changer for a lot of businesses out there that, you know, they're like, well, I'm going to just do this enough 
And then actually, I got a good landscaper, Jason, down in um, Louisville, our north side of Louisville, Jason Murphy. He has a pretty good size landscape company. And he's like, he did like 600000 this past year in Christmas lights alone. And he's like, if I can keep this going, I'm going to quit the landscape business. Now, I know that's <laughs> not what you want to do because we're talking with Scott here, but. <laughs> no, I got to keep landscaping going. Those are huge numbers. I like, honestly, I didn't even realize you can get to that level and doing Christmas lights. Now, were you doing both residential and commercial? Yes, we did do residential and commercially. Mostly it's residential. Oh, okay. not all. We're getting in a lot of the HOAs. So if you're into the HOAs and you've learned how to do the HOAs, a lot of it was the HOAs, you know, some Chick-fil-A's, different things like that do it. Some funeral homes, some car dealerships we did. We had a contract with seven of the Hondas. And so there is other things than just residential. But mostly a lot of our commercial side of things was like the HOA entries and all of that. So if someone's even considering getting into Christmas lights, what do they do? They just go online, they uh, they get into franchise or anything like that. What, what do you recommend? Um, so obviously that's what I do now is I teach people how to start and grow Christmas light businesses. So I have an online program and I have a in-person training that I do a couple times a year. So you can go online. You know, I've got a bunch of Christmas light videos out there. I have a whole YouTube channel of Christmas lights and showing people how to do it if you want to try to go that way. But if you want the whole course laid out, I do have a online course that you can take and it will lay out how to get everything. And then we do a, a two-day in-person class. So it's one day hands-on and then the second day is the most important day which is how to market, how to grow your business, how to sell these lights and how to sell them at premium pricing. Because I'm all about premium pricing. You know, I know there's a lot of people that want to go cheap and try to come in at cheaper pricing, but I'm not that type of person, right? I am not the Walmart of Christmas lights. I want to be Whole Foods of Christmas lights. I want to be the higher ticket. I don't want to be the Ford Fiesta. I want to be the Cadillac of Christmas lights. And we're not talking about going to, to Walmart or Home Depot and picking up lights. You're talking like commercial professional grade lighting too, correct? That is correct. So these are commercial grade lights that will last five, seven years of you putting up year after year and you profiting year after year for that. Kind of back to the other question too about a franchise, right? Can we do a franchise or should I go with a franchise, right? Basically, the way I've set up my course is it gives you all the stuff that you need to be able to do it. If you have struggles, you know, in this business, it's like anything, right? We're a customer service business that just so happens to be doing Christmas lights or landscaping or pressure washing or any of that stuff. This is a marketing business, right? We got to figure out how do we get the phone to ring? If we can't get the phone to ring, it doesn't matter what the lights are. It doesn't matter how we install them. And so that is what I kind of dive deep into a lot is how do we get the phone to ring? What are the ways that we can get the phone to ring? Because if we can't get the phone to ring, it doesn't do us any good. And, you know, I know sometimes as a landscaper or stuff, we don't always think about marketing. Pressure washing we do because it's more of a one-off where you know, if we're doing grass cutting, we get this person, we get the neighbors, we get the neighbors just by showing up, right? We have our trailer there just by showing up. That is kind of your marketing for that local area where this is more of a marketing game of, hey, we got to go out there and find customers. You know, 
a customer acquisition cost for um, Christmas sites can be $200, $300 per customer is what it could cost us to get a customer. And so with that said, you know, we got to learn how to invest in our business, right? The beautiful thing about Christmas sites, well, the one sucky thing about Christmas sites is, is it don't have a very high close rate. So you get a lot of no's. Your close rate's down in the 20% range, 15 to 20% range. But the good part of it is your return customer will come back every year is about 80%. So it's pretty high that they will come back and reuse you again. So that is something that helps us because the lifetime value of that customer as a pressure washer, a lifetime value of my customer might be, you know, three, four thousand dollars. The lifetime of value of a Christmas size customer could be twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> Those are some amazing numbers. <laughs> and that's the thing that's awesome about Christmas like customers are they make great pressure washing customers, they make great landscape customers, yep. they make great other customers because they're willing to pay you I've got guys that their average tickets are twenty four, twenty five hundred dollars is their average ticket. So and going back to the franchise question too is we looked at this I don't you know, it's probably twenty plus years ago we looked at it and it was there was franchise I don't remember the name of the company. Is that a show up in Chicago and yeah, they they wanted some big dollars to get into their franchise and it I mean, yeah, you got some training, but I don't know, the value that I received from that I mean, it didn't seem worth it. Doing something like your program is way to go. And like, I'm kind of anti-franchise anyhow. So I think it's it's better to kind of do like a system like yours and learn it on your own. And you get the systems that in your, your program that teaches you all this. You know, the only way I would ever consider, a, you know, I am anti-franchise too, don't get me wrong. But here's the thing about a franchise. If they can get me lots of leads and stuff and you, you suck at lead gen and, and that kind of thing, then I could see maybe doing a franchise because they're going to do all your marketing for you. But most of the franchises out there aren't going to go down the road of helping you get a bunch of leads, right? That's where that problem runs into. You know, if you're going to give somebody 10, 20, 30, $50,000, imagine you've put in $50,000 in your own business and your own marketing, what that would do. I would about guarantee you any market that puts 50 grand in their own market is going to blow up, right? You're going to make the phone ring at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's probably around where it was. It was like fifty or sixty thousand dollars to join this franchise. I'm like, ah, I just can't see the return on that. I don't know. <laughs> Said so this is a while back, and maybe things have proved, but uh, yeah, not so much. I'd rather join a program like yours. <laughs> and, and I've seen, you know, we got some. We, not so much pressure washers, but there's some window cleaning that you'll see four or five people buy that same franchise because none of them's been successful at the end of it. So if somebody's like said, looking to get started, is there a lot of equipment that you need to get going? And I wouldn't imagine so, but I'm just curious. Um, a lot of safety equipment. We use like the goat. Obviously, you're going to need ladders. So you're probably looking about two to three thousand dollars in the safety side of things. You know, you got a couple ladders, a twenty-eight foot or a thirty-two, maybe a forty-foot ladder, maybe one of the the little giants, and then we use the pitch hopper. So the goat used to be the goat assist used to kind of be the big tool until last year. Everybody was using the goat assist, and then last year the pitch hoppers started coming more popular, and they're like a hundred, two hundred dollars a piece. And they work really good. You know, cougar paws for your shoes, the harness, the Ridge Pro with the harness. So you might be $2,000, $3,000 for 
for the safety equipment because on the light side of things, we can buy that as we go. Obviously, we get a 50% deposit up front, so that can get the lights and um, we can go from that. But the biggest thing is safety equipment, right? We got to be safe. We are up on roofs. The last thing I want people to do is fall off. It seems like at least a couple people die a year, at least one or two people die a year falling off the roof, putting up Christmas lights. And so with that, we have to be safe putting up these Christmas lights. And not only just with ladders, but, you know, even a lot of people will use long poles, 24-foot poles, 30-foot poles. We use lifts, so we might rent a lift. And so we got to worry about, you know, being around electric lines and, and that. So there is some safety factor that we have to think about when we're putting up Christmas lights. So it's not just about the equipment that we have to use or how much that equipment costs, but how much, how safe do we got to keep our guys? Obviously, we need workers' comp on our guys being up that they're on the roof. And, you know, the safety equipment is the biggest part of this here. Now, how many people typically do you need for jobs? I know it varies, of course, the size of the job, but typically, what are you looking at? Two, three people? So most of our crews had two guys, um, and then we would have one crew that would have three or four guys on it. And that crew would be more for our um, HOA. So we would be going in, putting lights on 30, 40 trees. So we would, you know, have more guys on that crew. But typically you have two guys per crew. You can do three guys, but usually you're going to have people standing around at that point. You're going to have a roof guy, and then you're going to have a ground guy. That's your typical crew. And then on your big crews, you're going to have three, four, five guys that you go into an HOA and they start putting them up. Or if you have a house that has tons of groundwork, then you will send that crew to knock out all the groundwork. Gotcha. You mentioned you have to have workman's comp. Do you have to have any other additional insurance too for the team members? If you already have a business, you can add the Christmas lights to your current policy. And it's usually not that expensive. It's only maybe a couple hundred dollars more to add that to your insurance. So that's the best way to do that. If you are a brand new business, then you'll need, you know, just your general liability insurance for Christmas lights. But you do need workers comp also for your business too. So you that way you keep your guys covered under the workers comp. And that's where you will get a little bit expensive. You know, you're going to have some cost in your workers comp, but that's why we charge premium pricing. And when we charge premium pricing, guess what? It allows us to do a lot of other things, right? We can spend money on marketing. We can spend money on the correct tools. We can spend money on the correct insurance. And we can run a business as a business. So if you go out there and put these lights up, do you charge again to take them down? How does all that work? And then do you store them or do you give them to the customer? How does all that work? So this is an all-inclusive service is how we sell this. We don't rent the lights. We don't lease the lights. We don't sell the lights. This is an all-inclusive service. So our service includes we help you design the lights. Once we get the design up, we will come up and we install the lights. We make sure that the lights stay on all year long. So if you have a problem, we come back within 24 hours or next business day to fix any problems that we may have. And then at the end of the season, you don't have to worry about someone not coming back and taking your lights down. We actually come back, take the lights down, and they are our lights. So they're not the customer lights, they're our lights. So we do all the storage. And then the next year, we come back and make you have another wonderful Christmas again. Again, when we're selling Christmas lights, you're going to get some pushback. 
about, well, I don't even own the lights. No, you don't own the lights. You know, this is a, an all-inclusive service at the end of the day. We are providing a service for you. Reason why we're not renting or leasing the lights is because then we can run into some technical difficulties if something would happen. And that is why we are providing a service instead of renting the lights. So that's why we include this as an all-inclusive service. Here's the deal. Most people, right, we're selling these lights on emotions. We're not selling them by the foot. We're not selling them by the strand. We are priced them by the strand. But we're not. when we're selling Christmas lights, we're not selling Christmas lights or this service as a service, right? We're selling it. Most people buying Christmas lights is an emotion. And we can't put a price on that. We never know. It might be someone's last Christmas. It might be Granny's last Christmas. It might be your loved one's last Christmas. And we can't put a price on that, what that cost would be. I know a lot of times people struggle selling Christmas lights. If you don't believe in your own product, nobody's going to believe in your product either. You know, we're not talking about two, $300 ticket here. We're talking $2,000 as our average ticket. And so when we're selling $2,000 average tickets, we got to be able to believe that we can, that's what it's worth at the end of the day. If you don't believe that you can do $2,000 Christmas lights, your customers aren't going to believe that you can do $2,000 Christmas lights. It's just like landscaping, right? If we go in and do a landscaping job, and if you don't believe you're worth ten grand, you are not going to make ten grand at the end of the day. If you believe you're only worth $200, that's all you're ever going to get out of that because – if you believe that if it's only worth $200 and you are trying to get $5,000, that customer will smell you out as quick as they can, man. You will be nervous. Your eyes will start like wide open and you're, you're going to start shaking. You're going to start getting a little sweaty. And that customer can see that in a heartbeat, you know. And so this is why it's important that we go over our elevator pitch of how we sell, right? The same thing, even if we got to do it in front of our phone. We got to do it in front of other people. So that way we get comfortable and believe in what we do. Same thing with Christmas lights. If we don't believe in what we can get out of it, people will struggle with this. You know, I teach people now that you charge 8 to $12 a foot for Christmas lights. And when people hear that, they think, oh, my God, I would never pay that. Well, guess what? You're not your customer. You probably don't live in the half a million dollar house that is calling you either, do you? So these are some things that we have to overcome when we're selling Christmas lights. Christmas lights, again, when we're selling this, a lot of people buy on emotion. This is why I put a female on the phone call versus a male trying to sell these Christmas lights. A female on the phone call don't care about, well, it's 10 feet. We use this bulb. It has this. People don't care about that. They just want their house to look beautiful, and they want it to look amazing, and they want it that picture-perfect house, right? And so with that, this is why I put a female on there because they're going to talk about their kids and they're going to talk about everything else. It's not going to be anything about Christmas lights. And when, guess what? They will buy more from that versus trying to get all the little details. It doesn't matter if we're dealing with pressure washing or Christmas lights. Pressure washing is even worth with men because men want to sit there and talk about well, we use this type of pressure and we use this type of chemical and we do this, this, and this. You know, same way with grass cutting. They don't care about your $10,000 mower. They just want the grass to look amazing and they might want some stripes in it, right? And it looks pretty. That's what they want. We're going to give them what they want and that's how we can sell them. And then 
The other thing is, is listen, right? When we're on the phone and we're talking to these people, listen to what they say, ask questions and listen, because you know what? They will tell you what they want. And then if they tell you what they want, guess what? We can sell on what they want. They have a problem. You have the solution. So, you know, this is why it's important that we have two ears and one mouth to keep the mouth shut and listen. Jason just unloaded a ton of just sales tips right there for any service because this is the stuff that we teach is like, and you have to be excited about this when you're going out there talking to him like, oh, this will look amazing right here. And imagine the kids when they walk up at night, just getting excited about it. And, and like you said, expressing those emotions to them, it's, it's going to light them up and it's going to make them sell it much easier. But if you're not excited about it, then they're not going to be excited about it. So yeah, that was, those are some awesome tips there, Jason. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know I went on a tangent and I usually do, oh, no. but um, that, that it's, it's so true, right? I mean, I, I see so many guys that they struggle with pricing. They struggle with business, right? Um, we forget that this is a business. It doesn't matter. You know, I have guys that, oh, I'm just a pressure washing business or I'm just a little landscape lighting business. You know what? You're a business. The thing that you do is just one little part. The reason why people fail is, is because they fail at the business part. They don't fail at the landscape part. They don't fail at the pressure washing part. You could be the best landscaper out there, have $25,000, $100,000 in equipment, and you suck at business and you will go out of business. In the pressure washing world that I'm also in, I always preach, you know, I would rather you go out there and spend $25,000 in marketing than $25,000 in any pressure washing stuff like that. Why? Because if you can't learn how to sell and, and how to get business, it doesn't matter about the thing. The thing is not what it is. And you might think, oh, I'm just a little pressure washing business or I'm just a little landscaper. I know some very successful pressure washing businesses and landscape businesses. Um, I just, one of the guys that just came to my Christmas site training is he's going to do $800,000 in just pressure washing little business. And he's 27, 28 years old, right? And that's the other thing, you know, some people sit there and will come up with all kinds of excuses. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm to this, I'm, you know, get the excuses out of your head. You know, that is something that I don't like hearing excuses. I want to hear solutions, not excuses. Absolutely. You can do anything. You just put your mind to it and just start doing your research and looking into it. And there's so many different things out there to learn. Like It's amazing. All these books and YouTube, everything. You can find anything you need to out there. And one other thing I'll say, I'm, I'm big in education and reading and stuff, and I never used to be. I'm 42 years old, and I didn't start reading until I was probably 38, 39. And they say, you know, most millionaires read at least one book a year or one book a month, right? And so start reading. And if you haven't read the book, The Magic of Thinking Big, that would be a good book that I, I've been recommending it a lot here lately. It was a book written in the 1950s. It's still relevant today. And whether you pay for it or you don't, you can go on YouTube, get it for free, or you can pay for it. But you know what I always tell people? And I know this is one of those things that I'm a trainer and I'm trying to teach people, but open your wallet. When you open your wallet to pay for training, you will take it a lot more serious, whether it is anything, right? When you open your wallet, can you get it out there for free on YouTube? Yes, you can. I guarantee you can get, you can find anything out there. In fact, everything that I teach is pretty much on YouTube out there. But the people that are successful are the people that are op willing to open a wallet. And there is a line that goes from your wallet to your brain that makes you open it up. So whether you are doing Scott's program or you 
always keep learning, always keep investing in yourself. A lot of people think that, oh, I don't want to invest in myself. That's, you know, if you want to grow and be successful, you've got to invest in yourself. You've got to keep learning. Never stop learning. You do not know it all. You will never know it all. And if you think you know it all, you will be ready to set yourself up for failure. So keep investing in yourself. I keep investing in myself. You know, I go to classes, I go to training because I know it's important. Can I find this stuff on the internet for free and stuff? Yeah, I can probably find everything. But if I don't open my wallet and it don't hurt a little bit, I won't do the class. I won't take action on the steps that I need to take action on. Well, the thing too is it's nice if you can have one location to go to instead of like searching here and let's try this and oh, that I lost money on that one. Oh, I'll do this. I lost money there. If you go to somebody that's been there, done that, they're going to save you tons of time and tons of money. So look into that. Like you said, that's, that's a huge thing. Just open your wallet. Yeah. Most of my training is failures that I've done myself that mm-hmm. I learned that that wasn't the smart way of doing things. And that's how I kind of do my training, right? Because if I fail at it, I knew that didn't work. And especially having employees, right? You've got to have systems in place to make sure that they are doing the same system over and over and over and over. And not only that they will do the system, you have to do the system. You can't put a system in place and then you not do the system as the owner and then expect the, the employees to do the system. Oh, yeah. Along those lines, we hear people in the academy, our academy say, oh, we we've tried doing this systems or checklists. Our teams just won't do it. Well, just keep doing it. Keep doing it over and over. Like it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's one of those things, just repetition, repetition. You know, I I say repetition over perfection. Once you get that down, then they'll eventually grasp it. That's just how we do things around here. And you have to do them too, as the owner, because a lot of times as the owner, you'll be like, I'm not going to do that checklist myself. I'm going to, and you have to be the example because if you only do it 70% of what you want your guys to do, they're only going to do 50% of what you're doing. So now we're at 50% versus being at 100% of what you're doing, and they're going to be at 80%. Because, you know, that's one thing as we hire people, I, I see a lot of people be like, well, they can never be as good as I am. And you're right, they're probably not going to be as good as you are. But as long as they're 80% as good as you are, that means you're going to hit 80% of the customers, and they're going to 80% are going to be happy. And if we can make 80% of our customers happy, we're in a good, happy place. You know, there's always going to be that 5 or 10% that we're never going to make them happy. It don't matter if you're on the job or who's on the job. You're never going to make that 100% happy for that person. But if we can make 80% of the happy, we'll have a good, successful business. I agree. And I think, too, also kind of along those lines is have the mindset of always looking at, like, what can I do better? How can I make things better? How can I make it easier for my team or whatever it is? Have that mindset of not, oh, they screwed up. Okay, what could I have done better to make it easier for them or better for them? Always have that mindset. And allow them to give input, right? Allow them to give input of what could be better. Allow them to have a brain and think about it. Because in the end, if we allow them to do what they do really well at and they're really good as a technician, then guess what? Let them be a 100% technician and let them do their job and let them put input into what could make it better, right? Because as whether we're doing Christmas lights or whatever, we're all about efficiency. How can we get faster? What if we took the ladder off this way versus coming off the back? This is 10 seconds longer. Well, it's only 10 seconds, but that 10 seconds adds up over time. And 10 seconds here, a minute there, two minutes here. The next thing we know, we're on a job for three hours when we really should only be on the job for two hours or an hour. You know, most Christmas light installers, once we get the systems in place, 
they're in and out on these $2,000 jobs within an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours on some of, you know, some of the higher end ones, but it's in and out and we're done. Yeah, that's smart. We used to have what we call uh, what's dumb around here meetings. And we invite everybody in and ask them what's dumb around here. What don't you like? But if you come with something, you have to kind of give a solution, you know, maybe not do with that solution, but you have to at least come with some solution or some idea that we can do to fix it. And that was awesome to hear their input. Some of the things is like, holy cow, I never thought that. Or I didn't know that was wrong in my out here. Let's let's work on that. It's a good thing to do. And people like that you said, like the input to help out the business. So Yeah. Lee Baker is a concrete he does concrete flooring and he always does the day before they put up each other's jobs and allows each other critique that job. So it's not me saying, Hey, this sucks. It's this crew saying, Hey, you you messed up right here. You should have did this, this, and this. And it's been very well for them, and, he, and they learn very well because they're critiquing each other, right? It's just not, hey, this is my job. I'm excited about it. Now I get knocked down because you found four flaws, but I can also show the flaws on yours. And at this point, everybody's learning. And as the owner, I'm not sitting there saying, hey, you guys suck because you didn't do this, this, and this. And it's everybody else telling them that you suck, where you can do better. And it's actually elevated everybody because now we got to be – we don't want our picture getting critiqued badly. I love that idea. <laughs> I had to suggest that to some landscapers. I, that's awesome. <laughs> well, we kind of got off a little bit off tangent there, but so we talked about some of the equipment. We talked about insurance. Uh, we talked about how to kind of get started. Is there any or any tips you can share about marketing? Yes. Be consistent, relentless, and prolific. You know, we got to be consistent in our marketing. So, Rather, we are doing yard signs. Yard signs work pretty well for um, Christmas lights. Facebook ads work pretty well for Christmas lights and Google ads. Those have been the three. And then obviously our Google My Business. Our Google My Business is our Google business profile now is definitely things to get leads. It is all about getting leads. So if you're going to do a Google My Business or a Google business profile, I would recommend doing its own separate than having it with your landscape business. It will do better by itself than trying to do that. And then we're being consistent with it, right? We're posting on there two, three times a week. We're adding pictures. We're making sure that we're hitting the areas that we know we want to hit at, right? Obviously, for Cincinnati, we're not hitting all of Cincinnati, focusing on that. We're going to focus on some of the areas that we know. And so we can, you know, around here, we know that up in the northeast is where our money was. We're not going to hit downtown. We're not going to hit, you know, Covington there. But Fort Thomas, there's certain areas in here that we're going to really focus and target on. Obviously, this is not a service that we're targeting the lower end class. We're targeting the higher end people. So those are definitely things that we're looking for. Facebook, I never had luck with Facebook, but the last, I know, I know probably five or 10 people that have had really good luck with Facebook that has grown to a half a million dollars. Like I said, Jason Murphy out of Louisville, he did Facebook. He did do a little bit of Google ads, but he got most of his leads through Facebook. And then I got a guy out of Fredericksburg, Virginia. He did $250,000 second year. And he got them all through Facebook. So Facebook is definitely, you're going to get a lot of leads that your close rate's probably not going to be as good as Google because people at Google are at least looking for it, where Facebook, it's more of a, you know, the passerby. You can do EDDM. You're going to send out, obviously, we're looking for those 
higher-end clients, so we're going to hit that. But again, we're not going to just send out one mailer and say, well, mailers didn't work. No, we are got to send them out three or four times. That's how we're going to get our ROI on those mailers. Um, I got some guys in New York. He bought a list of all the houses over $750,000. He sends a mailer to all of those three or four times, right? And so that's how he has grown his Christmas light business. But the biggest thing is, is being consistent. You know, we got to be consistent, prolific, and relentless, right? We're going to keep posting. We're going to post on Facebook. The other thing is, too, it's not as much, but you can get business even on LinkedIn, right? We can get a lot of our HOAs and property managers, and we can find them on um, LinkedIn, and we can post there, and we can start showing them that way. And then, obviously, you know, video. Everybody loves video. And you might say, well, you ain't going to get no business on TikTok. Well, guess what? When you search for Christmas lights or you search for pressure washing, guess what comes up now? Two TikTok videos. So, you know, it is something that is new and it is something that is the younger generation obviously uses a lot more, not so much the older generation, but you know what? Back in the day, the younger generation were the only ones that used Facebook. And guess what? Now all the old people use Facebook. And now they all went to TikTok, the younger generation, right? So make sure that we are being consistent, prolific, and relentless when we're talking about whether it's whatever we're going to do. But what I would highly suggest is pick one or two and learn about it and do that like 100%. Try not, don't try to do all these things that I've just said because then you'll do none of them well. But find one or two that you, we can do really well and then we can start expanding from there to get our, our there. The people that I know that have been successful, you know, I always say if you come into my training, you can at least do you your first year, you'll do thirty to $50,000 if you take action. And I've had guys do a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars their very first year doing Christmas lights install. The beautiful thing of it is, it's very profitable. At the end of it, you know, you're looking at usually a third for cost. That's usually a third. The lights and um, your marketing and stuff. You're looking at a third for labor and a third for profit. So it's pretty stupid profitable when <laughs> what we're talking about here. Well, the nice thing, too, is for landscapers, a lot of times they're looking for ways to to keep their employees, you know, over the wintertime. This is a great way to do that. You get them to, to put the lights up, take them down. That's that's another, another way to keep them busy and keep them in your business rather than going somebody else. Yeah, you can definitely keep them because the way it goes is usually your first year, usually you're putting up lights in November and a little bit in December. About Yeah, everybody usually shuts down about December 10th to 15th. So that's your first year. Um, your second year, you'll actually start usually putting up lights in October, and then you'll install all of October, November, and then, like I said, about the December 15th, usually it stops. And then in January, depending on how many lights you have up, you'll take, you know, in your beginning, you can probably get them all down in about a week or two. Um, but like for our half a million, it was almost the whole month of January of takedown. So by that time, you're right into February, and then it's just a matter of, getting us up and running for March for the landscape side of things. I love that. Now, guys, this is a great way to add a little income to your to your business. Not not even little. It could be a lot of income. But I encourage you to, to take a look at that. Take a look at uh, Jason's program. Jason, you mind sharing a little bit more about your program, too? So I have my online program um, at christmaslights.io. You can go check it out. I have everything to start and grow a Christmas light business. I go over all the stuff for 
how to do the installs, how to do trees, how to do bushes, how to do roof lines, how to custom make our own extension cords, how to do all of that stuff. And not only that, I go into marketing a whole bunch. I have a whole section just on marketing our business. And I do a Zoom call every Monday night to learn how to do marketing for Christmas light business. And then if you'd like to do the in-person training, I have an in-person training. Um, I have two coming up, one in September, and one in October in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's a two-day course. One day is all hands-on. And then um, everything is in a warehouse that is a whole house built inside of a warehouse that, that everything is reachable from the ground. And then we have a couple of roof props so you can try out all the different tools, the pit chopper, the goat, um, anything along those lines of for how to start and grow a Christmas light business. That sounds awesome. Guys, I encourage you to go check out his program, get in his live classes. You're going to learn so much. I've seen some of the, the videos and clips of what he does there. It, it's amazing stuff. So guys, go check that out. Jason, got a few minutes for some fun questions? Sure do. All right. What do you consider your greatest achievement? Huh, that's a, my greatest achievement. Um, I would say probably raising two beautiful, amazing daughters. You know, I've done million-dollar businesses, and, you know, one thing that I love doing is helping people start and grow businesses, but at the end of the day, I do it for my family, right? That's the whole important part. And so having two beautiful daughters that are growing up and being awesome at what they do is what I would consider my best achievement. Awesome. This one kind of goes along with your, the lights. Have you ever been electrocuted? Uh, yeah. So um, we always talk about um, in the Christmas light world uh, about um, not putting two males on one line, uh, double males. <laughs> Um, and yes, I have put double males on a line and yes, it will light you up pretty good. <laughs> there you go. All right. Last one. Would you rather have deep dish or thin crust pizza? A uh, deep dish. Thin yes. crust is uh, not very good. In fact, I'm, I'm a little weird about this. I usually scrape off all my toppings and just eat the bread anyway. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, it is what it is. So <laughs> there you go. I got to have a good Chicago style pizza, in my opinion. <laughs> yes. You got to have thick. I mean, it's all about the bread. Come on now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jason. Well, it's been great to have you on. Guys, he unloaded so much great information here, so many tips on, on sales and marketing. I encourage you to go check out his program, like I said, and look at adding Christmas lights to your business. Any last final words, Jason? Take action. Um, you're not going to do anything if you don't take action. Uh, I know sometimes it can be hard. Sometimes it can be um, overwhelming. But just take action and keep putting one foot in front of the other. And when you do, the momentum will keep you going and you can do amazing things. Well said. Well said. Well, thanks, Jason. I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. Look forward to having you on again. Awesome. Thank you, Scott. Have a good one. Hey, everyone. Just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message. 